Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rablick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. And this is the first of my Sunday morning sessions, my Sunday morning reflections, but I'll just touch on some issues uh, that I've reported on in recent times, whether it be for Crikey or for other clients I've written for, and to highlight things that are of concern from a point of view of political and business transparency, that is, how much of what how much of what goes on can we actually see and how transparent the system really is. So I'm hoping to share some observations uh, over um, nearly 27 years of looking at a range of issues to do with corporate governance, transparency, audit and accounting in these sessions on a Sunday morning. Today what I want to do is actually verbalise what I would have said to a parliamentary committee if I had been invited to present before a parliamentary committee looking at audit regulations. So you've got the joint uh, parliamentary committee or parliamentary joint committee rather of corporations and financial services that has been conducting hearings and taking submissions over the past 12 months or so looking at the area of audit regulation. Now, I don't know whether they're going to be running further uh, hearings in relation to audit regulation, but this is what I would like to tell them if I was given the opportunity to present. I've dealt with the area of accounting and audit, corporate governance and corporate regulation for more than 26 years now. And over that time, I've worked in the media, I've worked in an accounting body, and I've also worked in a taxation advocacy organisation, Taxpayers Australia. I've also taught audit and assurance at two uh, universities in recent times, one, one University of Melbourne and also Deakin University, and I've helped shape accounting curriculum, develop resources and all that kind of thing through various consulting jobs I've done. So that lays down some level of expertise in the subject matter. There are several things that need to be noted by politicians, journalists and others. The first thing is this. When you are looking at an audit, you are looking at a process that is uh, created by human beings, and it is not as precise a process as stakeholders would like to believe that it is. If you haven't looked at an audit report recently, please do, because embedded within the audit report is a disclaimer that tells you the audit is meant to deliver reasonable assurance, not absolute assurance. In other words, Reasonable assurance doesn't mean every transaction gets checked, every lead gets followed through, and that the auditors guarantee um, that there's no errors or there's no fraud. An audit doesn't guarantee the absence of errors, nor does it guarantee that fraud is absent from the numbers that they look at. They simply cannot guarantee that. Audits are done on a sampling basis, and even then, if you do audits on a sampling basis, there is the possibility for human error um, through entry of data by the staff of the client. 
and there's also the possibility of fraud which may only be detected further down the track because a fraud may have only been started to have been committed or uh, it is an immaterial number that doesn't doesn't crop up until later if the fraud continues and a pattern of behaviour emerges. So, what is the audit meant to be? We've talked about what the audit doesn't do, but the audit is really conducted to ensure that an entity, um, an entity can mean anything, by the way. It can be a listed company, it can be a not-for-profit, it can be a private company, it can be a club, society, whatever. I use the word entity because it's a holistic term. An entity, an entity's accounts need to be in compliance with a particular reporting framework in all material respects, okay? The reporting framework may be company law. The reporting framework may be industrial relations legislation. Um, and, you know, accounting rules typically fall within that as well. But bear in mind, the auditor must look at a reporting framework they audit against the framework. It's not just a freewheeling examination of everything. They audit against the framework and they need to determine whether the set of accounts complies in all material respects with a reporting framework. By its very nature, that means the auditor doesn't look at absolutely everything, nor does the auditor... Um, guarantee that an audit um, has picked up every possible indication of fraud or any possible indication of an error in the accounts. Things do get picked up during audits and auditors do various tests, substantive testing, they look at calculations, they look at the basis of uh, the calculation of things uh, if they do the audit properly. And that's how they deal with it. That's the first thing. So when politicians talk about truth in auditing, they need to be very careful how they use the terminology. Because there is no absolute truth. There will be a truth in the context of a reporting framework, certainly. You'll be able to get a pretty good indication of whether where a company is heading financially provided all the work's been done properly and the company has not lied or there hasn't been collusion within the entity to lie to the auditors and to the market, right? Uh, when I've taught audit, I've, I've stood in front of a classroom and I've said to students, be prepared. At some point in time, your client will lie to you. Management will lie. But the question is this. How do you tell it? Now, this is grey hair stuff, as, as a dear friend of mine once said. But it's important to remember, the audit doesn't reveal everything, and it won't. Secondly, one of the other critical things that this committee needs to look at, the Parliamentary Joint Committee in Audit Regulation, it needs to look at the way in which our oversight process is run. Over the accounting and auditing standard setting process, that is the process that set up the principles for people who are doing accounts or who are auditing them. 
and also uh, the way in which auditors are regulated, that is how enforcement takes place. Let's look at the oversight structure first. The two auditing uh, two boards that uh, exist: the auditing board, auditing standards board, uh, which handles audit and assurance standards, and the accounting standards board. They meet in public. The oversight body meets in private, and that's the Financial Reporting Council. So you've got a body like the Financial Reporting Council that sits and meets in private and talks about the affairs of bodies that need to meet in public. Now, there was a point in time when I was responsible for writing briefings to people representing a professional organisation at the Financial Reporting Council. Let me tell you something. There is bug, almost bugger all on the agenda that needs to be kept private. There is only one definitive kind of issue that ought to be kept behind closed doors, and that is comments related to potential appointees to either the Accounting Standards Board or um, the Auditing and Assurance Standards Board or potential appointees to international bodies or whatever. So things that immediately impact on someone's privacy and assessments on their suitability to represent a sector on a board or represent the country on a particular body, okay? Those discussions should be kept in private. No question. There, there, there are sensitive discussions at play. All other matters that relate to the infrastructure of standard setting should be discussed in the public domain. There is no excuse for the Financial Reporting Council to continue to meet in private. Um, and I don't understand why that's still going on. And it's been going on for 20 goddamn years. And that ought to change. Now, you might be saying, well, this is a coalition government thing. It was created by the Liberal and National Parties. It was proposed back in 1997, came into law in 1999, effective from the year 2000. Um, why change it? Uh, it seems to work. Uh, guess what? It's inconsistent with the principles of transparency and openness to begin with. It ought to disgust people that this organisation meets in private when the other two bodies have to meet in public. Not only that, this is a stain on the regimes of government by both the Liberal Party and the National Party and the Australian Labor Party because none of them changed this at a time they should have changed it. And that is problematic. The Australian people deserve to see how a process designed to secure the transparency in accounting and also the assurance of the things put in accounts is being run and overseen. For that not to be a case is a travesty. So you can't turn around and blame the coalition for it because the Labor Party was in power from 2007 and 2013, and the Labor Party didn't even give us a transparent regime from the Financial Reporting Council point of view. It did not. 
it's an absolutely laughable situation. And then from 2013 up to now, we've had the Liberal Party and the National Party and Coalition governing the space, and they've not even worked to open the, open the join up. Anyone that reads the first report, the interim report of the Parliamentary Joint Committee, will see they've touched a whole heap of other stuff that's pretty good, that's pretty reasonable, but they haven't gone to the transparency of the oversight system in this country. It is a joke. It's an absolute joke. The first thing, first question people ought to be asking is how transparent is the process? Yeah, they're happy to pile on the big four. They're happy to follow up the articles in the media. They're happy to jump up and down and sort of get their, get their names in lights and in the press. But let's look at the substantive issue, which is this. How do you get the uh, Financial Reporting Council to open its doors? The legislation tells the Financial Reporting Council it can choose to do whatever it wants. Now, the Financial Reporting Council can hold public hearings, hold public meetings, or it can keep the doors shut. Right now, it keeps the doors shut. It needs to be open, okay? The next major reform that needs to happen to our structure is that we need to remove from the FRC anything to do with the uh, oversight of disciplinary processes of professional bodies and sort of independence issues, that ought to be in a separate organisation that regulates audit. FRC is not well enough equipped to do the work, that sort of work. It should be a separate organisation that handles registration, um, enforcement issues, uh, monitoring and surveillance issues of audit firms and then discipline of individual auditors. We should be learning from the fact we've got the Tax Practitioners Board doing what the TPB does in the ta area of tax agents and BAS agents. And we should also be looking at the US regime, which has got the public company accounts um, uh, board, PCAOB, the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, which looks at auditors, does reviews of audit firms and publishes a whole series of documents in the public domain when they've dealt with uh, disciplinary issues with firms. So all of that and more. Um, so that needs to change. ASIC needs to uh, be divested of those responsibilities. They need to be put into a separate body and that will then be an organisation uh, that would have uh, the power to review orders, appoint auditors uh, to the audit register, that is, register them, uh, monitor their compliance, and boot them out and take their ticket if uh, they so deserve to have it stripped off them. Um, that's important. The other thing that needs to happen, and this parliamentary joint committee has a whoop whoop uh, whoop whoop hearing process on audit regulation because people get worked up about UK changes, people get worked up about the fact that you know, big four accounting firms provide lots of services. Of course they would. You know, uh, they're big organisations, the big organisations will provide services to large companies because of you know, matters of scale. Um, and it's important we evaluate that from time to time. But a parliamentary inquiry of this nature 
um, should not be uh, done in a vacuum. They, there should be a regular rolling inquisition of the process of appointing registered company auditors um, and also the disciplinary process of the professional body. So they need to be under the thumb of uh, a parliamentary committee on a regular basis, as should the accounting firm. So there should be a rolling inquiry into capital market regulation, um, or capital market participants, if you like, um, that is auditors, company directors, um, investment analysts, uh, financial uh, advisors, financial planners, brokers, um, all the individuals involved in trading stock, uh, because that's an important space that, that Parliament needs to keep an eye on. It needs to be doing it regularly. It can't just do something because out of the top, uh, off the top of its head, simply because it's popped up uh, as a result of an MP reflecting on the issue. A parliamentary committee inquiry needs to be conducted on a rolling basis. It needs to continually be active and not just be something that happens from time to time. Uh, parliamentary committee reviews of ASIC and the way in which audit and regulated need to be need to happen on a more regular basis. Um, ASIC's clearly working on improving the audit inspection process. As I've said, I don't believe it should rest with ASIC. ASIC is the body that it has has the powers now, and I'm pleased to note that the commission is working with people to to deal with that, including uh, coming up with a severity scale so people understand what a breach of an auditing standard is in terms of severity, that's very important for people to understand. Uh, those are the areas that I would touch on uh, now if I was able to present to the committee. Um, there are plenty of other issues that I could touch on, but uh, the, the podcast would go forever. But those are the key ones that I believe the committee should be looking at. That is, um, establish a rolling inquiry, put the professional bodies in front of um, um, organisations like a parliamentary committee on a more regular basis uh, to justify their existence and to explain their uh, disciplinary regimes and complaints regimes on a more active basis and also restructure the way in which audit auditors are regulated. Um, I think the standard setters are functioning okay. They're handling their own changes to processes as required I don't think there's a need for for them to change too much and a financial reporting council ought to meet in public. I think once you do all those things, you'll get you'll get the system on a better footing. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast, this first Sunday morning uh, reflection or Sunday morning rant. Um, I've got a new book coming fairly soon. It's called Rorts and Ripoffs. Uh, so that'll be out uh, in the next month or so. So keep an eye on on that for uh, for details of release um, and tuning to the next podcast uh, in this series called Critical Line Item. Stay safe, look after each other, and we'll be in touch soon.